Welcome to Sam and Maggie Hate Glee. Mm-hmm. We're back again. Yeah. Just like Brittany. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I definitely do want to come back with sort of an alien vibe all the time. Like Brittany is oh. clearly exhibiting. Well, I meant I meant Brittany Spears. but Oh, but I mean, our Brittany is back too. She's yeah, on our the show. Brittany S. Pierce is also back. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's... I'm Sam... That's Maggie. We're all here. We're we're here again. Uh huh. We are here all the time because we're watching Glee, and we have to watch it episode by episode because we like to torture ourselves, I yeah. guess. And we've been discussing it for multiple years now, yeah. and we are in the sixth season. We are on the third episode out of thirteen, yes. so we are so close to the end at this point. This one is called Jagged Little Tapestry. Yes. Um. It's a bad title for yes. a bad premise. Yes. Uh, and we're definitely going to get into it. Um, Sam, hit me with the stats. Yeah. So this originally aired on January 16th, 2015 with 1.98 million viewers, which is down from the last two weeks doubleheader of 2.34 million viewers, which is not a surprise. We're, yeah. we're where we're supposed to be. People tuned in for the season premiere and then they tuned out because it sucks. Because it's bad. Yeah. Because it's, it's bad. Good. It's directed by Paul McCrane, who is like a like a television director and like minor actor. Sure. His Wikipedia page was boring as fuck. Yeah. Um, and written by Brad Falchuk. Sure. Um yeah, well, let's just start. Okay, yeah. so we're in the music store. Of course. And thankfully, there's no recap. You know, we've, no, we've yeah. really done away with the recap at this point, which, like, thank Christ. Yeah, no, I mean, it's probably one of the best things that's happened on the show so far. Just wait, they'll have one. They'll have they one next episode. Will. Um, yeah. So we're at the music store, and Kurt is going through trying to find sheet music. Yes. And he's just, like, saying aloud to the open air. Not having Smash, what a crime. Like Yeah, no, it's what kind of music store doesn't have Smash? Um, and then Blaine is here. Yeah, like why is Kurt saying this to no one? I, I mean to be fair. Did he sense that Blaine was there and like was like, oh a, a I, I quippy like, remark? I feel like Kurt is someone who would just like monologue their to life. the open air? Yes. Just All of these no people one? in Glee Club are dramatic fucks who like would like they literally do these monologues in their yeah. heads that are like dramatic readings. Yeah, they do, but like rarely is that externalized. I mean, I don't know if that's true. I feel like a lot of the like conversations people have at this point in the show are like just long exposition yes. Yes. to each other yes. long monologues where people just nod yeah, exactly. while they happen yeah, yeah you're totally right Blaine is here yes. and he's like oh you're so right <laughs> not it's having a, sheet music it's a show choir hate crime uh, whatever oh my god what a horrible <laughs> thing to say and then oh Dave is here too of course um, because yeah. um, Blaine seems to just take Dave everywhere with him just in case he sees Kurt so yes. that he can um, do exactly what he does which is cozy up with Dave and then Dave is like this guy Broadway or off Broadway am I right no. <laughs> well, that's, that's not what he's, it's about like the warbler yeah no but Dave says list, he's but, helping yeah. with, with choosing the set list but it's just like I mean my thing at this point I think the reason I like 
Blavid so much is because the actor who plays Dave Karofsky just knocks it out of the park every time. Yeah, I mean, like, he is definitely like so oblivious seeming. But here's what I yeah. think is going to happen. The relationship is going to turn sure. and Dave is going to be like, hey, Blaine, why do you keep using me as a tool to make Kurt upset? And um, yeah, well, Blaine's I mean, just going to yeah. be like, oh, well... But yeah, so anyway, uh, this propels us into our first number of the episode right at the top. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, Kurt and Blaine sing It's Too Late, the Carol King number. It's a non-diegetic duet. Yes, I would. Well, some of Kurt's parts might be actual. I mean, but but, he's not singing. I mean, he might be. at In these locations. He's just in the locations. I mean, in some of them, but they're both sitting at pianos at one point. Yeah, that part is definitely RL. Yeah, like, except it's definitely RL for Kurt. I do not think it's RL for Blaine. I, because, okay, we'll get to it in a second. Okay. The number's fine. Okay, well, we we really have to talk about a a part of the song. Okay, so... So we see this non-diegetic duet begin and they're in the music store and they're like singing not to each other, but they're exchanging verses for sure. Um, And then the music store that turns into the lima bean where we see Blaine actually just ignoring what David is saying to him. (laughs) Yes. um, Just like completely ignoring Dave to sing to past Kurt. Yes, we have seen into the past. We see Warbler Blaine sitting across from schoolboy Kurt. Yes, both in Dalton (laughs) uniforms. And not only that, Young Blaine is there too. Yes. So old Blaine is singing to young Kurt and young Blaine. But young Blaine but doesn't really see him. Yeah, but they're all singing together. And like yeah. Kurt stares at him. Yeah, like, they have Kurt, like a moment. Like yeah. he like like young Kurt gets up and like walks closer to Blaine. Yes. And like holds his arm out and it's just like, what is yeah. the what the fuck? Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's mostly here's well i guess it okay so the locations are the music store the lima bean and then the past and then we also see them on individual stages yeah um in both mckinley and at dalton on grand pianos yeah well it's not blaine's is not a grand piano it's a standing piano but no it's it it is a grand piano i made sure this time they are matching grand pianos okay sure but it's it, ridiculous. Yeah, they, they look at pictures of themselves as a couple at the same time. One of them on a phone. One of them just... I think Kurt's the one with the OG pictures. Yeah. Because he would. Um, but yeah, they're both looking at these pictures, singing the song. Kurt would we be get, like, the memory's not real unless I print it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's all in split screen at this point. Where yeah. they're both sitting at these pianos. And it ends with them facing each other from yep. two different split screens. Yeah. While they sing at pianos. And then the, the, split, screen, the split screens split further yes. to reveal the title card, Glee. Yeah. So And like I gotta say that opening has me fucking hooked. Well, okay. So here's the thing. So we get the tile card, and then the next scene is mm-hmm. Curtin Rachel sitting in the choir room yeah. chatting. And, and Kurt, Kurt starts yes. Okay, so, so Kurt starts the conversation by telling Rachel that he had a m- musical fantasy yes. that he and Blaine sang It's Too Late to each other all, all over night. Town. All night. Right. Which 
Makes Kurt said he was busy doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Leads me to believe that none of that actually happened, except for some of Kurt's parts. I think that he was just imagining that Blaine was doing all of those other things. Yeah. Which is why Blaine gets painted in such a bad light for just ignoring Dave and, like, singing to and Pascal. And singing to Pascal. Oh my god, it's all just Kurt's fantasy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Which yeah, I which I just think is great for them to immediately just undercut the whole premise of the first scene. Just be like, <laughs> oh by the way, Kurt imagined all of that. Like, <laughs> oh by the way, um Blaine doesn't feel any of this and is yeah. and is in a loving relationship with Dave Karofsky. <laughs> but by the That's way, what you're hoping, you fucking yeah, stan. Well, well yeah, but like but for real though, because it's like Kurt being like, oh, I thought that he was pining after me (laughs) because I was pining after him. Oh my god. Yeah, Yeah, so he sort of debriefs with Rach about um, everything that's going on and he's he's like, oh, breakups are hard or whatever. We should do Carol King's Tapestry, which is a legendary breakup album. We are witnessing a battle for the ages here, folks. We have we have the heavyweight at the top of the stairs. It's Augusta. It's it's Angus. Yeah, sure. Okay. Up at the top of the stairs, in the middle of the stairs, it's Mo, the challenger. Yeah. Oh, Great. a wily one. Kitty fights. Um. Um. Yeah. So there, Kurt proposes that they do the breakup album. Tapestry by yes. Carol King and um, Rachel's like, oh well, if we're gonna do a breakup album week, it has to be Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette because I'm right. Well, then, her reasoning seems to be that it's angry and that it'll fire people up. Yeah, like, and that, and Kurt totally agrees with her. He's like, yes, we definitely need that energy. I totally agree. So, so in- right. instead of choosing one. Uh, we like, like yeah. Well, okay, yeah. So they they fight about it. For they, a well, bit. Rachel sort of expresses her worry about co-teaching. Yes, she's like, maybe Mister Shu had a better time of it because he didn't have to live up to someone else's <laughs> expectations. Yeah he, yeah, he didn't have to agree with someone else on what to do. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. And then Kurt's like, listen, listen, Rachel, we can just do both of them. Right. It's a mashup week. Yeah, and yeah. Rachel's like, you're. a a genius. I'm a genius. We're great teachers. Oh my god. That's like, literally how like half the scenes end in this yes. episode. It's just the two of them being like, we're so good at everything. <laughs> it's great. Um, but yeah, so they, they decide they're going to do a mashup week where it's classically, yep. you know, we're, we're three episodes in to a season yep. and we're it's, throwing... M- it's a mashup episode. I mean, I don't know if I'm like happy with the return to form <laughs> or just like disappointed overall about everything well i mean i feel like there is something to be said for the fact that i don't know if glee technically like pioneered the mashup idea but, but they, they have honed it yeah and yeah they definitely popularized it oh for so sure like, i feel like if they didn't do one during the sixth season it, it would was be yeah. disingenuous disingenuous to, to what the whole point is <laughs> exactly. the whole point is <laughs> Is for Brad Falchuk, Ryan Murphy, and Ian Brennan to make fun mashups of songs, right? Which, or or yeah. just write two song names on like a whiteboard and be like, figure fucking it out. figure it out. Yeah, right. Writers' In this room, case, two albums, and they're like, pick a couple songs, yeah, go for it. And so we'll get to it. Uh, but that's also where the title all- of the episode come from. So. so. So there's this one strange note I want to make here. Um, like Rachel's like, oh. 
tap people will know what jagged little pill is and not know what tapestry is yeah um she makes that point but then also in the next scene um that they talk about it i know this is jumping ahead but she mentions that it's like the 20 year anniversary of this album and i just want to like sort of call that out being like hey what the fuck like well, this doesn't make a lot of sense well the, to the, me they they explicitly say in this scene like kurt's like this is an opportunity for us to teach these kids about, about carol tap- king yeah. a- about carol king and tapestry because they obviously wouldn't know about it because they're less than 40 years old yeah i mean if we're gonna go by the premise of like something being old meaning that teens don't know about it i'm saying that alanis morissette counts here too yeah well (laughs) i would i would agree it's i feel like the bigger point is just that ironic is such a like yeah staple oh my god pop culture listen that like it's a masterpiece and people who don't like it are misogynistic and i mean it (laughs) you want you know come at our twitter because i will come back at you i have reasons for this belief and ironic is a fucking banger don't tell me that you don't know all the words when it comes up in like a fucking grocery store or something it is a good song okay (laughs) and alanis was like 19 when she wrote it everyone needs to fucking chill out but anyway so thank you i I feel like thank you for coming to my ted talk (laughs) i feel like there is a difference not that big a difference i'll give you that but i feel like it's more likely that kids will know Alanis Morissette than it is that they'll know carol king I'm, i mean i think it depends on your environment sure. um so yeah we go to the next scene where it's sam and beast in yeah. um the locker room mm-hmm. um shannon comes in and uh begins the conversation with talk of um bowel movements yeah well so um it's it's established it's why that, she missed practice uh, yeah so yeah coach beast has been missing some practices yes and this time it sounds like they were experiencing some digestive trauma which who hasn't been there yep um but sam is checking in just to make sure that everything's okay yeah um and sam uh so beast asks asks like oh what what do you want sam out of life right and sam responds um an m&m like talking m&m from the commercials as a pet yes um that feels a little feels sort of slavery-esque because they seem human well again Um, but that falls sam is literally the most oblivious fuck on the face of the glee planet like um yeah well sam is beast heir apparent obviously right um he says it's his like ultimate fantasy to become the coach <laughs> to of become the, the football, football coach yeah. yeah um and sam expresses worry about beast not being present yeah um for a lot of practices and stuff and beast is like oh well i was giving you the chance to run practices because i think you can handle the responsibility that sort of thing well and there um, is also and well notably, slights knee problems yeah an upcoming and, surgery yeah notably there's also like sam is expresses that there have been some concerns from other people yeah and beast responds with a rather a rather explosive reaction yes um definitely some anger there yeah um but sam calms the situation down everything seems chill um and spencer postmodern gay teen comes into the situation to be like oh coaches like yes, instead of yeah. just coach um and goes up to beast and asks for um qb he yes. wants to be quarterback um and 
he the response he gets is that he's the best receiver. Yes. Um, well, and he gets yelled at. Yeah, he gets yelled at as a form of saying no. Yes. Um, we do get a classic Coach Beast-ism about yep. how Fred Flintstone and I forget, well. Will, Wilma? Wilma? It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. There's a reference to the Flintstones. Yeah, a little less oblique than most of Coach Beast's references, yeah. to be quite honest. But it is a very like yelly it's, situation. Yeah, it's um a, still a little folksy, but definitely yelling. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. and I didn't like that part of the episode at no. all. No. Um, yeah, we go to the very first Glee rehearsal next. Before we get into the choir room, we see Rachel and um, Kurt like in the office area sort of fighting about what they're going to do first. Yes. Um, and Rachel's just like, we're just going to go for it. And then go and then go out there. <laughs> yep. And she welcomes everybody to the rehearsal. And um, she welcomes the distinguished alumni who are still here, Britanna. In Br- Tina, but Puck it's just Queen. Britanna who like make an appearance in the scene. Well, really, no, no, they're all there. They're all there, but, but that, those yeah. are the only people who actually um, matter to you. Matter well, yeah. well, and who really talk in the scene. Um, and so someone is like, "Oh, how can you still be here?" Yes. And Brittany says, "I can bend space and time with my mind. With my mind, which yeah. like, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean that's that tracks. Me, yeah." Yep, and um, so then we get to the worst scene because, in the episode. Because she, oh. Okay, so when she went to MIT, yeah, and they did experiments on her, yeah, she like her powers were awake, reawakened. Oh, sure, and, yeah. is what I'm thinking. You yeah. know, she's got like full telepathy, power over space and time sort of so vibes now. She's just a demigod. Yeah, totally. <laughs> she's she's literally just, she's the doctor. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean. She's there is the talk of her having two of things that humans only have one of. That's true. We'll, so. we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so then what follows, like I was saying, is the worst scene in the episode. Rachel and Kurt interrupt each other, talk over each other, yeah, and like, are just aggressive. Their, in their co-teaching is horrible. It's really bad. It's awkward. Um, Kurt goes to write on the board. He's got like a marker out sort of will style. Yes. And Rachel like goes over to the whiteboard and moves one part of it to show that she's already written yes. everything on the board. Yeah. Because I'm sure Rachel, every time Will went up there to write, was like, fucking he doesn't know what we're doing today. He didn't even write it on the goddamn fucking board. Yes. So when she got the opportunity to do it, she was like, I'm going to make the board. It's going to have stars on it. Yes. No, that's, I mean, yes. The It's just, it's hard to watch just oh, because yeah. they're just so There's um, also like glee tension drums yes. in the background, <laughs> you know, like when they have like the snare yes. to just increase the tension the yes. entire scene. That happens here. We get like uncomfortable shots from the glee audience yeah, um all, you know we new glee and the alum the alumni all, yeah um there's so many of them yes. and it's just like so apparent that they have more alumni than they have members yeah and it's just sort of overwhelmingly sad um yeah why they so, do it this way i mean yeah so i mean i guess to have Rachel and Kurt bounce off each other a bit well like, so they um they talk about somebody a pair of them in either Kurt or Rachel is like, all right, well, we have to show you how to do this, I guess. Yeah. And we'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, Santana uh, interrupts and is like, um, yeah, Brittany and I can do it because you're clearly having some issues here. So yes. we'll do it for you. Well, and also 
just to call out like this entire episode the background acting by naya rivera and heather morris oh spot on fantastic literally just sit and like laugh in the back of every scene well like britney's um background acting makes sense for our idea that she's an alien yeah um so i don't know like what direction they gave heather on set but like she's fucking nailing it bro nailing it yeah and also her dialogue yeah yeah so anyway um so then uh like you said tantana offers to go first with britney um, tomorrow so we see tina trying to confront quinn Yes. In the next scene, they're in the hallway, um, and Tina's like, "I heard you said some shit about Brown." And <laughs> Brown's not an Ivy League. And school. Quinn's like, "I said it's barely an Ivy League school, bitch." <laughs> and, then, and then they just run into Becky, yeah. who um is here yes. because she's bringing her um, boyfriend to meet her parents. Yep. So that's why they're in Lima. Um, and she's like, "I need help from y'all though because I lied about being the leader of all these high school clubs." Yes. Um, we get a fun little montage of all the yeah, clubs. Yeah, there's like there's some disturbing tableaus. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, it's like a weird like like booth version yep. of all these clubs yeah and it's like bizarre clubs where it's like there's like surgery and yeah and like like people on the moon like it's weird but anyway becky is asking for help because she told daryl her boyfriend that she was in glee club because yeah. he was in glee club and so she wants to perform for him to prove it and um quinn promises to help her yeah because because of know, course she fucking does that yeah. of course um yeah, I don't really appreciate them just sort of shoehorning Becky into this um, yeah. because it just sort of feels like she's here so that Ryan Murphy can tell this specific plot line that's about to happen. Um, yeah. And it feels like excessive in a way. Mm. However, I think what they end up like the message that this plot line ends up with is beneficial to the discourse. Yeah, no, so, that's, that's I, I agree. I have very similar feelings. Mostly it's just that Part of it is I don't really like Becky's character mm. anyway. She's really abrasive and she's really rude to people. And it's yeah, like, and she's like always scre- like for a whole season. She's like screaming about sex, and it's yeah. like, yeah, bro, <laughs> we were all there. But yeah, I mean, it's just I. It, the other big thing, I mean, it, it's again, it's very clear that they know what they're doing yeah. in trying to dismantle some like attitudes that people typically exhibit. Yeah, I but mean, like, Ryan Murphy has an axe to grind and yeah. a cause to further um, yes. at any given time, which I can totally support and I really appreciate that he's out there, you know, like, advocating for people. Right. Or at least um, that's his intention anyway, you yeah. know? Um, but, like, I don't know about this one. <laughs> yeah, like, I, did you... I get that this this specific story could be told in like a bunch of different ways and like this opportunity to have it on Glee on the last season to finally get it in under the fucking wire to have Betty uh, Becky do this story. Yeah. But I don't know. I let's just um, we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to Santana and Brittany in. Is it Santana's bedroom? Because I don't it's think it's Britney's. A bedroom. Um, a bedroom. Uh, where they are discussing the origins of um scissoring. Yes. Um, and Which, okay, can we take a second here? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how. Like, I don't know if you have more insight here, but I just I feel like 
I feel like in t- general, lesbians don't talk about scissoring that much. Um, be- Probably because you're not talking to lesbians about the kind of sex they have, right. well, weirdo. No, I know, but like... I, to me, it really comes off as, like, gay men imagining what yeah, lesbians would say. A little bit. Because <laughs> gay men like to talk about sex. So they're like, well, of course lesbians would also talk about sex. Like, which maybe they do. I just, to me, it comes off as, like, a gay man's obsession with knowing how lesbians have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand why you would say that. Um, yeah. I do like this conversation um, because yeah. um, it's clearly post-sex. Right. I can definitely support that. Thank you very much. It is just implied, but I mean, come sure. on. Um, and uh, Brittany does have like a fun fact about ancient Egyptians, which I was like, ancient alien what's yeah, up right um ancient egyptians inventing invented scissoring before scissors were invented exactly yeah. um and Brittany knows that because she's, she was there she was there um, um and uh <laughs> yeah, but the, so, um, yeah. there's uh they talk about the mashup yeah uh, santana is like here are my ideas for the songs yeah and Brittany is like oh but um, i just want to sing this one song from yeah. Alanis Morissette's album what what song is it uh, Fuck. I don't remember. But anyway, uh, you didn't so, write it down and neither did I because we were both like, oh, I know that song. <laughs> right. Yeah. But <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So um, there's also some talk about how Santana is excited. You, to mess you missed with another Kurt. important Britney line because oh, sure. Santana's like, but the point is a mashup. And Britney's like, I cannot be restrained by the laws of men. Yes. Um, which is like, yeah, you're, <laughs> no, I, you cannot because you are an alien. Well, I, she's I an alien. Because she's a woman. No, but sure, that's alien, too. bitch. Okay. Man. <laughs> Humankind. Rest- sure, but like, it could also be men. Mm, the patriarchal society. I think, I think I'm right. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. There's also a moment where Santana tells Brittany she wants them to move back to New York City. Yeah, um, Brittany says that Santana yeah. has a big, giant heart. Yes. Big, generous heart. Um, and Santana invites her to go to New York to go to college together because yes. they're cute as fuck. Yes. Um, and... Santana um, uh, is uh, very effusive with her love and everything. And then Brittany says that because she's a genius, she can understand what infinity is. Sure. That she'll love Santana to infinity. And Santana returns that. It's yeah, it's expression. fucking so, reciprocated. Oh my god! It's very cute. Okay, so it's then we amazing. move to Sue and Becky in the teachers' lounge. They're looking at an iPad that I guess Sue has created a like slideshow of Becky's accomplishments. To yeah, light it's to like Darryl a with. bunch of doctor pics, and yeah. she's like, "Listen, relationships are built on lies." Yeah, and and she talks about divorcing herself. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Daryl arrives. Yeah, Becky gets excited. Daryl arrives. We move to Sue's office and we meet Daryl. Um, and it's I guess it's like a reveal that he yeah. doesn't have Down syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Sue Sue is like very like stoically angry yes. and is like, "What are I, your intentions? What are your intentions? What are your intentions with Miss Jackson? With Miss Jackson? And it's just like." What a fucking mess, yo. Yeah, what a no. fucking mess. Yeah. Like, let's be f- upfront about it, right? Yeah. Becky is a person with Down yes. syndrome. Yep. Um, she's an adult yep. who can make her own decisions. Yep. It's different than how neurotypical people make decisions. But, like, fuck that shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. No, there's... She's allowed to have body autonomy. Yes. And there's a lot of people in this episode that try to treat her like a child yeah they infantilize her and it's like 
it grosses me out it's to be really honest. Bad. It's really like horrible. the way that people are like, oh, how dare you? Yeah, we haven't even gotten there yet. Inappropriate. So. Yeah, no, I know. And it's just so, like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, but, Becky is a person. Yeah, we're, we're gonna get there. Don't worry. But in but, the meantime, uh, Daryl tells us that he and Becky need to leave because they're going to Fuddruckers for lunch. Yeah, which leads me. Okay, so here's my thing. I think Daryl's into Becky because he likes to watch her eat. Yeah. And also, I think he, he does a, buy her dinner a lot. He, I think he has a weird thing about needing to be almost late to dinner to, like, give him an adrenaline <laughs> rush. Because that literally happens multiple times, too. I No, I, th- I don't think that's what it is. I think that um, he likes to watch Becky be mean to people in the service industry. That's that's, that's his fetish. Like it's like yeah. watching her make a ruckus at restaurants and taking her to new restaurants so that she can make different ruckuses. That's true. Well yeah. He's yeah. a he's a weird beard. He's very he's like, <laughs> he's very nice. He's he's definitely into Becky. Yeah. It's just it's very funny because it's like like all these other characters are like but I'm just like um Okay. But Delio is weird because he likes he he has a food thing. It's I I want I don't want to talk about Daryl anymore. We're going to talk okay. about the Britannia mashup because sure. it's next. They do a hand in my pocket and I feel the earth move. Yes. That's the mashup. Um there are some weird cuts um throughout the song. Um but um I mean, it's not like a great mashup to be honest. It's probably the clunkiest mashup we've had in quite some time. I mean, the problem is just the premise because I don't yeah. think any of these songs are going to mash up well. Like, I don't know about that. Um, okay, so you think one of them is better? We'll get to. I it, don't. I'm sure, I mean, but. I'm not even saying that that mashup is like better than this one. I'm saying that there are possibilities between those two albums that are not this and not that, and could be good. Sure. I mean, I like it. And it might just be the context, to be quite honest. Yeah, I think it's just the context that gives you a good feeling about it, because I was feeling similarly, and then mm. I was like, but wait, it's, it's not great. I don't know. Um, I, the, yeah. the lyrics are nice, and they smile at each other, and they're, yes. they are really cute. And they, um, like, dance around the room. And, yeah. Yeah, and push a chair around. Yep. Um, and then right at the end... Uh, Santana sits Brittany down in front of everyone and says, and, "I want to yeah. mash up with you forever, Brittany." Pretty much, though, she makes a she pretty said, long speech. She says that yeah. line verbatim at some right. point, but she does make a long speech about how, um, you know, they always keep coming back to each other, and the yeah. only time that life feels good is when they're together. Sure. And, um, yeah, it's just really adorable. Santana yeah. um praises Brittany and is like, "Oh, you've always wanted me." to be the person I am, not nicer. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's nice. There's a long speech. It's, it's adorable. Very beautiful. Um, um, she proposes. Yes. She pulls up. Well, the, uh, like, not, the femme drummer yes. come, Bring, yeah. brings her um, a, the ring box and yes. says, here you go. And uh, everyone's like, <gasps> yeah. big gasps from yes. the audience. And um, Roderick is like, Whoa, wait, what is happening? Yes. And Puck says, don't worry about it. This happens all the time. Yeah. Well, and it's also the second time we've had an alum tell one of the noogly people to just be like, just sit there and smile. I mean, just- it, it's it's always Roderick. Roderick is always well, like, no, Jane, I'm going to go. Jane's the one earlier who was like, uh, what are we supposed to do for this week? And <laughs> he was like, just sit there and smile. That's what I did for three years. But yeah, so um, they, they, yeah. We, we have the proposal and then it gets interrupted. Well, Brittany accepts. Yes. And then um, everyone's applauding. And they're hugging. And then Kurt says... I'm sorry, but oh I have to speak now. 
And it's just the worst thing that has ever happened. Yes. Um, he is like, did you learn nothing from Clay? And how could you do this? We're all You're- too young to be married. Yes. Um, the nice part is Tina tells him to shut it. Yes. <laughs> Tina's like, I'm usually the one to rain in other people's parades, but you need to be quiet. <laughs> um, which, like, I mean, Kurt, like, fuck you. Kurt is the worst. Which, <laughs> don't worry. We're gonna... There, there is karma for this, which yeah. is nice. But so anyway, um, we move to Spencer in Sue's office. Yep. He's telling Sue that he thinks that, well, he, he, it's a weird cut into the scene where he's implying, he's like, he, I'm he's not talking saying about, you fire coach. He's talking piece. about Shannon's behavior. Yeah. That's like what he's doing is right. like, oh, Shannon's been missing practices. Yes. Um, and... I saw her uh, wearing this like shirt and and taking all these pills. It's clearly a binder. I, you know, that's what it is. And there's a lot of pills being taken. And um, Spencer is just like, I'm just wanting to, you know, impart these things I've noticed. And, you know, um, we did mention something earlier back in the other football scene. Yes. Um, when Spencer asks to be QB and yeah. um, he gets yelled at, Sam is actually like, you know, I'd let you be QB. I'd let you be. <laughs> I'd let you put the dick in. Shut yeah. up. That's totally I mean, what it is, though. But literally, he's like, um, he's like, I, I yeah, want to put you back one last. Spencer's horse. implication in this talk to Sue is being like, you know, Sam has some fresh ideas about getting me exactly what I want. So well, to be fair. He is smart. He's like, Sam has some fresh ideas that could bring us to a football championship. Yeah, and that Sue, is what he Sue's says. like, mm. Yeah, so then uh, we move to... Oh, well, yeah, we you mentioned the part about how he spied on yep. Coach Beast, which was not great. Um, there's also a gay Batman joke. I just like it. Yeah, because um, Sue's like, oh, wow, you're sneaky like Batman. But gay. So, so Batman. I like Batman. Yeah, yeah for um, real. Um, and, yeah, um... We move to Santana confronting Kurt yes. after the um, untimely outburst, yes. perhaps is what you could call it. Um, and she goes in sort of sweetly to Kurt at first because uh, Rachel's sort of like, Santana, please. And Santana- well, yeah, yeah. No, no. What's great is so Rachel and Kurt are coming out of the like choir office yep. or whatever. And, and Rachel and Rich's like, I, you weren't being very supportive. And Kurt's like, yeah, I wasn't being supportive on purpose. And yep. then Santana arrives to be like, hey, can I talk to you? And Rachel's like, I'm going to go. And Santana's like, no, stay. Which is and, um, amazing. When Santana really, she really gets into it. She yeah. is, she insults Kurt just all yeah. down the board <laughs> you know back and forth of his character every single little bit you know yes. like the skulking around oh i really like the line skulking around old people homes like cats who find cancer yeah um there is the mention um that <laughs> the when clane were together they would frame themselves as the apex of gayness whenever yes. they make mac and cheese together or farted yes um <laughs> the, well, the all apex of this of, stuff is just amazing yeah the apex of like the gay rights culture yep <laughs> yeah but so and um yeah. santana closes it essentially she is saying that kurt is utterly intolerable yes. and that's why they broke up yeah. um not because of some like them being too young. them being too young ill-fated yeah. um idea and um there's some scared high school students yes. on the side like they show Whoa. up like halfway and, just <laughs> and like, then they're just gone in the yeah. next cut they're just fucking gone so yeah. like cool joke or whatever um and 
then at the end, there's like this scrolling digital sign yes. above one of the doors in the hallway. Yeah. And Kurt looks at it and it says, get your crap together. Yes. I, I mean. Is that in regards to him? I feel like it's from like, it's like Sue's initiative to make everyone good at tests or whatever. Mm. I think those are just in the school and it's coincidence that it just happens to be there when we need it to be there yeah totally yeah um but yeah kurt is um doesn't say anything at the end of that i mean you probably fucking shouldn't you should probably never talk again kurt unless you're apologizing to santana and Brittany. yeah no kurt is intolerable um and santana just pointed it out but anyway so then we move on to uh the next scene so tina and quinn are practicing with becky to prepare for a glee club performance um, Becky, They're helping her lie. Yes. Um, and Becky is like, oh, I got to go to dinner. Daryl arrives to take her to dinner because they're going to be late. Um, and Quinn and Tina rush out to talk to Sue because they are horrible people. Um, yeah. Quinn describes uh, her feeling as morally outraged. Yes. Which is like. Oh, Quinn is just awful. It's Quinn just is, like, like so fucked up to yeah. be like. Oh, those two consenting adults in a relationship? Yeah. How disgusting. Well, I mean, like, I like, mean fuck you, Quinn. Yeah, Just because she's like not, she doesn't have the same, like, whatever. It's just No, no, stupid. but I mean, let's be real. Quinn grew up in a very waspy household. It's true. And was also like very Christian. So like, it's not surprising that she wants to stick her nose into everyone well, else's business. You would hope, you would hope that um that like upbringing would make Quinn like a more compassionate right. person to right. who could like view other people's bodies as their own and right. um a, you know but it trust their so. ability to make decisions and stuff and like I don't know why everyone's so pissed off at Daryl whenever he's picking Becky up because he's always buying Becky dinner you're right, right. like well I mean to be fair there is I can see an argument that like if someone is always like buying somebody something mm. like it could come off a little like sugar daddy-esque mm. which is see i don't answer, see i don't see, I don't see anything either. wrong i, I also don't, don't, don't see anything wrong with that sure. um you know if somebody wants to um spend money on you you should probably take their money yeah i think that's completely correct um yes. we live in in late capitalism and yeah. um money isn't real so right but i mean yeah but no i agree that like <laughs> daryl seems like he just really likes to watch becky harass like, waitresses fuck yes dude so like, anyway that's uh, becky's truth she's gonna live it with him or not yes. now she can do it for free yeah so now we move back to uh kurt talking to Brittany. Brittany they're on the auditorium stage which is a weird place in, like backstage i guess yes and also they're filling a giant heart jar is how it's described yeah but it's, more of it's a, like, um it's like a big like plastic like empty heart it's just like big and see-through and huge it's got like a red part and then a clear part around it and it's full of mounds bars well not Um, entirely full well it's it's getting there um because Brittany has um decided to uh represent the minutes that Britanna has spent together through mounds bars yes um because with her genius brain she can figure out how many minutes that is i guess also Mounds bars are the lesbians of candy. Yeah, because of the boobs. Assumedly. Um, and 
Kurt says that Britannia really reminds him of Clayne and that he's sorry for interrupting, but um, he's happy for them. Yes. And, um, and Brittany is like, um, so you, we're not like you at all, though. Because we're still together. Because we're still together and um, we're happy. Also, speaking of, um, I didn't want to be the one to tell you this, but Blavid is moving in together. Yeah. Um, she is like, listen, I can lie to myself, too, and and... <laughs> Not believe that Lord Tubbington is taking videos of me in the shower and selling them on Craigslist, but yeah. oh god, yeah. So that I guess that's happening. Um, and yeah, Blaine is moving in with Dave. Um, yes. into Rainbow Hell because Brittany helped them decorate it. Yes, and it's just like rainbow tie dye. Yes, well, everything and notably carpet, walls, tapestries, pillows. Yes. No yeah. bed though. Right, because there is a joke that Brittany says. Uh, she's like. The, they come in and they're like, oh, there's no bed. And Brittany's like, well, I thought about getting you a bed, but then it made me think about how the sex between you and you was like a U-Haul m- m- sorry, a U-Haul humping a moped. Mounting and, a moped. Sure. But uh, and, and Dave is just like, sort of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's again, the actor who plays Dave is just great because he's just kind of like, Hmm. Yeah, that seems right. There are yeah, there are like sex pillows on the floor, like the shaped yes. pillows. Um, I mean, Brittany is a very interesting um, interior designer. I don't know why you would ask her to help. Right. No, yeah, I don't know why they asked her either. Um, um yeah. so and then and Kurt then, says that because yes. um, Brittany suggests that um, Kurt get back out there and yeah. like try new things, and um, Kurt says that a new like seeing a new person, dating somebody else, would be like admitting that Clayne is over for good. Um, and Brittany says, oh, well, if you hold one of these mounds in your hand and you just look at it and you wait to eat it, it will melt and it will look like you've got poop on your hand. Yes, it'll don't, look like someone took a dump in your hand. Don't wait around for Blaine and become that poop. Yeah, become that person <laughs> with poop in their hand. Um, um, yeah. Which, like, I yeah, I mean, that worked that works yeah, Kurt, I mean, it's, Kurt yeah. is like wow Brittany you're so right thank you and they <laughs> hug <laughs> yep yeah um so then we move into the next scene and it begins with Roz doesn't Kurt realize that him oh. getting over Blaine would be like the ultimate a, the perfect yeah. way to get Blaine back <laughs> I mean I mean seriously because Blaine wants to destroy him right. so if Kurt seems like over it and like was happy moving on. yeah and moved on Blaine would not be able to stand it and no. he would leave Dave immediately to right. harass Kurt more yeah which I mean but the thing is Kurt's not that smart which is why mm. Blaine enjoys tormenting him yeah so anyway we moved to the next scene Roz is yelling at Daryl not Roz is yeah. here for no reason yeah Daryl's been cornered in Sue's office yeah, yeah. Roz I, starts it off by yelling about how like Sue doesn't want Daryl dating her daughter Robin. Right. And Sue is like, um, no, Becky is not Robin. Right. Becky is my confidant. And Which then I guess is the whole reason why Roz is here is to like make this clarification. Which seems like a weird reason. Um but Yeah. And <laughs> Sue is then like, well, yeah, yes, my daughter does have Down syndrome, yeah. and Becky has Down syndrome, and my, and sister. my sister has down, had Down syndrome as well. And Roz goes, "What?" Right, and then we move hmm. on to yeah. Roz Why? is then mm. done. 
in the scene after that. So, um, I mean, like, so why did that happen? Honestly, I think it's because they made the joke multiple times that Roz, like, confused Sue's daughter with Becky. Yeah. And I think they're trying to, like, clear that up, I guess. But why? I don't know. Maybe Nene Leakes was like, all these idiots who watch Glee think I'm a raging bigot. I really doubt that that was what was happening because I doubt Nene Leakes gives a f- gives a shit. <laughs> well, I mean, she's here, so yeah. I mean, she's here because it's a TV show. Maybe it's she just wanted to be on the last season, and they were yeah, like, oh, this that, is perfect. We can we that can could definitely be it. Just like line. drop Roz right in there. Um. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I'm not really interested in just listening listening to Sue on the list. The number of people she knows with Down syndrome, yeah, like it's sort of weird. Um, and it, yeah. I guess like the show is wanting to point out that it is a strange part of Sue's character that like that's who her closest relationships are with. But like, I mean, honestly, the only thing it says to me is like maybe not strange, like, um. Coincidental. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing that's weird for me is that Sue knows all these people and yet still treats Becky like she is a child, which is like yeah, that is some that is something that is true. Yeah. Which anyway, so Quinn and I mean, but she's also like, I don't know. She is very protective of Becky, right? But also suggesting that she just lie in her her relationship, right? Which too. I think I think that's part of it is. For Quinn and Tina, it's pretty much explicitly It's infantilizing. About, yeah. yeah. Which, with where Sue, though, I think there is an aspect to it where it's like Becky is legit her best friend. And yeah. so it's just like a natural protectiveness around yeah. your best friend. Um, but there's also an aspect of the infantilization, too, I think. Oh, totally. Anyway, so uh, they interrogate yeah. him. They call about, him gross. Yeah, about what he, how they met and what they do together when yeah. they hang out. And he's like, you know normal things we met at a fucking quiznos so (laughs) which again becky ordered everything on the menu and then tried to pay with a fake with a a counterfeited bill that she made herself would be very antagonistic to the people working at the quiznos Mm -hmm. so um totally oh my god um and he's like i just thought she was really cool (laughs) yes and uh we started hanging out and yeah and quinn asks if he's quote-unquote taking advantage right um, and Sue just asks straight out. Um, yeah. this is after like Daryl is like, just fucking ask, yeah, ask the cowards. You want. Yeah. <laughs> and Sue yeah. is like, well, I'll say it. Are you having sex with yeah. Becky? Yeah. And, um, he says no. Right. But he, he says no, but not he, yet. He clarifies that their relationship just isn't there yet. And yeah. that it might be someday. Yeah. Um, and. They're all like, ooh, yeah. how horrible. Yeah. You're disgusting. Yeah, and then he berates them a little bit for being bigots. Yeah. Even though Quinn is just like, we're not bigots or anything. And he's like, um, um, except you're a bigot. Um, uh, <laughs> he, he's like, turns out people with Down syndrome like doing everything that everyone else likes to do. Yeah, which um, I do like he... he also mentions that like when he started like dating Becky, he like called an organization. Yeah, the able, yeah. like it's NADS yeah, is the like is yeah. the acronym. And um, when he asked like and when he mentions NADS, Sue's like NADS. 
like, like she respects them. And uh, he has his own little bit of moral outrage yes. about how they really need to show up for allyship and like yes. recognize Becky's autonomy and choices. He doesn't say that specifically, more but, just like butt out meanies. Yeah. Yeah, she she can have sex if she wants. She's an adult and you can't control her. Um, yep. But yeah, and I, I just, I like, I mean, again, this whole plot line is not great, but I do like this final message because I think it is I mean, something that's good. Like, totally. I definitely agree. Um, Tina and Quinn are infantilizing Becky in a number of ways in this episode yes. by like helping her lie yes. rather grandiosely Yes. when they would, they would most likely not do that. For anyone else like, in the Glee Club, I feel like they might. I mean, that's the whole message of the Glee Club, though, is that like if someone shows up and asks for help, you're supposed to say yes. Like, no, that's not the point of Glee Club. That's like the point of religion or like, something. Like David went to Blaine and was like, "We should date," and Blaine was like, "Yeah, I guess so." Like, <laughs> but yeah, that's no. That's, Let's no. move on. So anyway, so we see Jane and Mason yes. on the auditorium stage singing a mashup of will you love me tomorrow and head over feet yes this one the mashup isn't terrible no um, but, but the sweaters and the like 70s commercial vibe are yeah i mean like they're sitting on stools and, and just like the, okay let's just talk about the worst part of it where jane gets up and like yeah. puts her, she goes and stands behind mason and like puts her she, hand like, on she his like shoulder. circles around him and yeah. puts one hand on her on his shoulder and then another one as she really starts to belt yeah. and it's just like and they also Whoa. stare at each other for a while. Oh, it. yeah. It's really uncomfortable. It's, the staring is, like, just bad. Yes. And Kurt has clean flashbacks through the entire thing. Yes. Like, oh, this is when we met. And, oh, this is when we buried our bird. And, and this, this is when we fought. And, and this yeah. is when we hugged in the parking lot of that gay bar. And this yes. is when we were in New York together or whatever. And this is it's when just, he proposed to me. Yeah. Whatever, Kurt. Like, we get it. We get it. You're obsessed <laughs> with him. Jesus. And, um... Jane like circle stands circles around Mason but that's the only choreography like yes. they don't do anything <laughs> they just sort of sit Sing. um and uh as it ends Rachel praises them she's yes. like wow this is amazing you did a great job yes and Kurt is like well um, the singing this, was okay the singing could have been better also no fucking choreography you're a cheerleader where's the choreography <laughs> yes and um Kurt and Rachel have a little whisper fight. Yes. Where Rachel's like, wow, that really wasn't conducive to a learning environment. Yeah. This is their first time, Kurt. We need to be more supportive. We need to be supportive. And Kurt's like, well, I just have to tell them the truth if we want to be any good. And Rachel says, well, I think you're bringing other emotions into here that don't belong here and you should go home. (laughs) And I'll take over from here. Well, my favorite part is during this fight, we get a little shot where Mason and uh, Madison are like, having a conversation without using words yeah twin magic well because mason like is looking at her and is like kind of like doing like a questioning gesture and then she like like indicates like sitting up higher with like her posture and then like points at her smile and he's like he like points at his smile he's like i had a fucking show face the whole time and like <laughs> this whole conversation is amazing because i did not give a shit about the curtain rachel thing oh, i'm no. so tired of them yeah um i do love the power like the shown of 
shown power dynamic here, though, where Rachel sends Kurt home. Yes. Which, like, and Kurt goes. Like, it's not well, like he's like, I can stay. I'm fine. I mean, like, to be fair, he knows he's not fine, though. Like, yeah. Because he, he did cry during that song. Exactly. Um, And he needed to escape. Uh, So we see Sue approaching Coach, uh, Coach Beast in the locker room yes. next. Um, And we find out um that Sue rifled through Coach Beast's drawers. Yes. Um, because... Sue because does all that. these people are terrible. Um, yeah. And Sue asks if Shannon has cancer. Yep. Uh, Shannon says yes. Yep. And Sue promises to help. Yep. Well, it, it's because like Sue found a specific drug and like was like, oh, this like is a steroid. A steroid. Yeah. yeah. Which and promises um, insists that Sue Sue would like insist that she's going to help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And anyway. Shannon's like. Oh. Okay. Yep. And so then we move on to uh, the performance in Glee. Quinn and Tina start so far away. It's kind of like an op- I, I don't know what they were going to mash it up with, but I guess Becky was going to come in on the mashup. I think this song is way too fucking long. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, oh, my God. Maggie, it's the 20th anniversary of Tapestry. We got to get in as much as we can. No. Anyway, um- <laughs> it's not the 20th anniversary of Tapestry. It's the 20th anniversary of... Je- of- Jagged little pill. <laughs> Jagged pill. Um, I'm but just. <laughs> so then, I like this song has has made me lose my will to live. Yeah, but so Daryl's there, Sue is there. Um, Becky doesn't sing, and when it's and apparent that she was supposed to be singing, she runs out of the room. Well, because Quinn and Tina like sort of enclose on her, like they move their seats closer to where Becky is sitting. Well, it's to be supportive, Maggie. Um, that's what people do in Glee Club all the time. Yeah, I mean, this scene is just way too long for my taste. We get sure. so many shots of like random Glee people just being like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh." Yeah. Oh, yeah. like it's just it's just blank fucking faces. We see Daryl's blank fucking face, and I'm like, I've only seen this guy like a few times this episode. I don't give a shit what he thinks of Becky, to be honest, right. because he's just a puppet for Ryan Murphy to be like, see, people with Down syndrome are people too. Which, like, yes, I agree, but like, is that the place? Is this the time and place for that message? Anyway, <laughs> Becky went out of the room. This show's bad, and Sue kind of covers by like just sitting in the chair and like staring down Daryl and yeah. says something about how they were pitchy. And I, I just like that because Mason like gives like a weird look to yeah. be like, well, I don't think that I was it. Know, but, they were. but, um, so, um, and yeah. we see the Glee girls running after Becky. Yeah. Um, and, um, they, when they find her, they're all in this like same classroom, the astrology, the classroom. astrology classroom. Um, and they, they tell her that telling lies is like normal, but, well, to start a relationship. To start a relationship. But um, that what's, you what's, do have yeah. to just be yourself. You got to be yourself. You know? Yeah. yeah. But to make it last, I guess, you have to own up to all your lies. Yeah. That's like basically the point of this scene. Well, um, and yeah. uh, Brittany cites when she she lied to some dude that she had three vaginas and he was upset. Because she only has two. Because she only has two. So... Alien. The doctor. Um, but yeah. So well, two, he's got two hearts. I mean, that's not ne- not necessarily the only thing. And also, she, they. The newest it. doctor is a woman. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so, yeah, I mean, my favorite part is, so after that scene, after that line, uh, 
Naya Rivera is like laughing it's in just the background. like smiling like yeah. fucking beaming in the background which like yes which, yeah she yeah. said something amazing yeah and then um the other big thing is there's a moment where Tina is like says something and then Brittany is like oh sorry I I started tuning you out three years ago because everything you say is is, is depressing and about yourself and then Tina gives her the like 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 Tina does like a great like reaction look to that but like it's just yeah like the the biggest stink face yeah totally um Santana does a harsh truth as she is wont to do yeah um and she is like, listen, you're you lied about being in all these clubs, but you would never be in them because you're lazy and pretty hard to be around, and you're pretty toxic. To um, be and you just call people stupid bitches, and you're mean. Uh, and I'm just saying that, like, you just wouldn't be good at any of these clubs, and I mean that in the best possible way. Right. And um, <laughs> Becky is just like. Yeah, um, you're mostly stupid bitches, but you can be pretty cool, too. And then they have a group hug. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, it's... Yeah. It's like they're just doing, like, sef- like self-referential... Yes. ...dialogue to, like, moments earlier in the show, which is not really, like... um Like, cohesion of right. a timeline or, like, when, you know... A, events before affect events in the past normally it's just like referencing something that happened without like i don't know it's just i mean yeah it's it's wrapping up this storyline and hopefully we never have to hear about becky and daryl again it's fine they can go eat at fuddruckers every day of the year if they want no, to. no i but... mean like just the specific scene is so fucking wild like they're yeah. just like hey so here are all these lies that we told Yes. Um, as younger people and yes. um, you know I lied about being straight and I lied about having three vaginas and I lied and about, about, um, stuttering and about I lied about the baby about, yes. I lied about the father of the baby like all this shit yeah. and they're like but look we're great now because we tell only the truth and we do lie also three of us are in relationships two with each other but regardless it counts <laughs> but it no. counts but anyway so yeah they, they all have a big group hug and then we move on um, Kurt apologizes to Rachel for his behavior over the past few days. Yeah, um, just being like, listen, heartbreak is a drug, and I have been fucked up. Yeah. And Rachel's just like, I understand, but your, right. your reaction and criticism yesterday was actually well-received because um, we see Jane and Mason coming up to Rachel yeah. either that same day or the next Early. day. No, it was earlier. She she says they came to me this morning. Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, about how they watched a bunch of New Directions videos on YouTube and they realized how great they were and that they'll only get to that level of greatness when they're criticized with yes. that brutal honesty. Um, and because they could have done better. They could have had choreography. They could have yes. su- sung it better. Um, which well, I, I fucking love Jane's like over the top like <laughs> like overachiever energy because sure. it's different than the overachiever energy that we faced before do you yes. know what i mean yeah no no yeah um also my favorite thing about this is i i have headcanon that rachel made that all up 
Mm. Because Kurt comes up and is like, I'm so sorry. I've been such a downer and so mean and rude to people. And Rachel's like, no, no, no. You were right to do all of those things. And let me tell you why. Because they came to me and they said they wanted why you would, to be mean to them. But why would Rachel lie I in don't that know. way? It just seems like such a weird, like, the scene is just weird. That, like, Kurt is trying to apologize and Rachel's like, no, you were right no, all along. No, I sort of love that, though, because Kurt was right to criticize them. They deserved it. Okay. Um, we see... Um, Kurt being like, well, Rachel, we're just the best teachers ever, aren't we? Yes. And Rachel says, we do this together, changing the world. Oh, my God. It's, Deal. It's stupid. That's, that, is the, <laughs> oh my God. that is the interaction that closes the scene. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, we see in Sue's office, Beast, Sam, and Sue. Yep. Um, all And... Uh, Coach Beast is here to, I guess, confess to Sam what's going on um, because Sue brought them here and Sue's like, oh, you can't say it when um, Coach Beast is having trouble articulating. Um, And Sue's like, oh, well, you have cancer. Now everybody knows. And Coach Beast is like, no, I actually don't have cancer. Right. Um, I lied. Here, read this letter from Dr. Shane. Yes. And it's... um, a letter confirming gender dysphoria as a diagnosis yep. for Coach Beast. Yep. Um, and he, he, Coach Beast, explains that he's trans. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I... Well, okay, was, here's my only my only gripe with this scene. Yeah. Um, Sam is fucking oblivious. Yeah. And literally is like, I don't understand what's going on. And it's like, okay, totally. how about you just shut the fuck up? Like, well... Listen, well, mostly Sam has like had a break from reality where he doesn't understand anything anymore, right. it seems. Um, and he has also been a complete total asshole this entire time. So I don't know why you're surprised. Well, no, it's not that I'm surprised. It's more that they have this whole scene where Coach Beast explains what's going on and that they well, are, you know, he shares about he shares so much about his past. Right. And like how he feels and like the misalignment of his perception and the reality right. of his body and like how that's been a present in present in his life. Yes. Completely. And, and like yeah. Sam is like, oh, well, is this about like who you're attracted to or something? No, no, no. And Sam like literally is just like, oh, so you're a lesbian. And then. Coach Beast is like, no, no. And, and <laughs> but so but that's the thing is it literally just like conflates it with sex. But yeah. my big issue is I don't feel like the show ever explicitly is just like has Coach Beast be like, I am trans. I mean, I, they do say I'm transitioning, but like, yeah, transitioning. They use the word transitioning and that like gender dysphoria right. is like an actual di- diagnosis right. from the DSM, which doesn't mean that it's like any more valuable than the word right. uh, like but, transgender but, because if like it, they do sort of skate around it you're yes. right which is like not cool they should just have like a character be like I'm transgender right just which, have coach B say that because like that's basically what he says anyway right but, which, but, but the yeah. problem that I have is like Sam is like oh so you so you're gay then and then it becomes a thing where Sue is like this is the weirdest like this is the weirdest way I've ever had a gay man come out or whatever well it's, it's like it's an awkward interaction it is it's just my big issue is they keep cutting back to Sam with this like blank vacant expression on his face while mm. like Coach Beast has to do all this like explanation and yeah. it's like Sam like, go look it up on the internet Coach Beast is like crying and yeah. I, I but Coach Beast wants to connect with Sam. Right. It's obvious. Like, that's right. why he's sharing all of this with him. Right. But And they hug at the end. Like, and yeah, they express just, love for each other. Like, it's not like... 
my, my issue is Court Overstreet's acting as opposed to the actual like the sort of the, the sort of like innocence and oblivious of his acting. Yes, I I can see that. Also, like the fucking point of Sam being here is so that Ryan Murphy can be like, this is a narrative that trans people can relate to. Right? Can't you see, white man? Look, and like it's just so frustrating because the a perception, like you know, the wrong body sort of narrative that can accompany a lot of like trans media is not always the case right for transgender people and like confining it to just that in yeah. these explanations is limiting right to that's, the to the identity like and, it's not yeah. good and that's part of the reason why i'm less happy with the fact that they're just like they they just have coach beast talk about how he is just transitioning as opposed yeah. to being like actually trans because it's like i mean it doesn't matter. I mean, the nice thing is, it seems like we, we don't get a truly heinous reaction from Sue, which is surprising, yeah, considering um, how Sue has reacted to trans Sue, people in the past. Sue says some cool shit. Well, yeah. so Coach Beast a- asks Sam to take over right? because he's getting top surgery yeah. and then starting testosterone after that, yep. which I was like, so what were the pills? Are they pre-surgery pills? Do you have to take yeah. a certain number of pills well, for surgery or something but there's been implications that they like have the been taking ang- testosterone because of the anger and like the leg hair and things like that except like, i mean you can grow fucking leg hair well, but it is it is testosterone does uh, yeah, increase darkening. the amount of body hair you grow and like yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just like what's I mean, what's going confused. on with the pills like it's confused it's why for sure. why yeah. are they doing it this way don't confuse them if you're gonna try to tell the story don't confuse it well you the know problem is none of these people are like none of the writers are trans so they don't know what they're talking about and they didn't do a very good job here yeah you have a point um and sue says that if uh coach beast ever wants to come back yeah. to mckinley that his job will be waiting yep um, which is pretty amazing. Like, Sue yeah. has been extremely transphobic in the past. Um, so I guess she's just transphobic um, against non-white people. So yes. that's cool. Yeah. Thanks, Sue. Um, well, <laughs> we, yeah. we go to breadsticks next, mm-hmm. where we see Daryl and Becky eating at breadsticks. They have a big milkshake in between them. And Becky's like, oh, the milkshakes are better at Fuddruckers. And that's when Daryl's like, well, well you got you got us kicked out of Fuddruckers. Um, and uh, <laughs> Becky admits to all of her lies. Um, and she says that she lied because she wanted to impress him. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you don't have to impress me. I like you. And um, I, even if you're not like the advisor to Angela Merkel is I think yes. what he says um, and uh, he's like we have each other's backs yeah. that's like the yeah which I mean, he, he brings up that you know things are going to be hard because because of other people's perceptions you know, society is monstrous and judgmental but yeah and so. um, then they share a little bit of a milkshake until yep. Becky deems it unworthy and smashes it off the side of the table yep and they both laugh about that which is what goes to show that like Daryl fucking really loves it, it. Yeah, um, so we see Rachel congratulating herself and Kurt next yes. in the house of the auditorium yep. she's like we are the best teachers ever we came we- together this week with a brilliant lesson plan <laughs> and uh, we see see what's her name madison, madison. yeah um uh, the girl twin being like it seems like you're just congratulating yourself and tina's like yeah you get used to it because she's there too yeah. um and then we see britannia come in when um 
Rachel says, yeah, I believe you are ready for the road to sectionals. Yeah. And then, well, on then all the Glee alum sing a mashup of You Learn and You've Got a Friend. Which is weird to me. Like, why are they singing a mashup like, when, like, we didn't see Roderick and, and Madison, uh, Madison sing? Yeah. I mean, it's mostly so I guess they can do this, like, weird, like, passing the torch metaphor where, like... All but of, it's fucking stupid. It is stupid. I'm not saying it's smart. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, it's, it is what it is. Like, and, like, what is ready for the road to sectionals? What... What is that? I mean, they has have... anyone said the phrase "road to sectionals" before? I mean, probably not. It sounds <laughs> like a Glee thing, though, doesn't it? It really does. It, like... What it sounds like is somebody stealing lines from the parody that Community did. Sure, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. Um. So it sounds like Glee is a parody <laughs> of it. Of, of a parody. A parody of a parody. Yeah, exactly. That's where we're at at yeah. this point, which makes sense because we are in the sixth season and really. Um, in the worst place to possibly be. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but that's where the episode ends. You they live, all sing on the stage. you podcast, yeah. you business. You live, you podcast, you You've live, got you got a podcast, podcast. You podcast, business. you learn, you podcast, you learn. But it's a metaphor. And metaphors are important. Gold stars are important. Because gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star. I don't like that song very much, is what I've determined. Um, anyway, we're in the podcast business. Uh, so, gold stars. Uh, I'll go first. I think my gold star is... Um, <sighs> fuck me. I don't know. Going to Dave Krofsky and Blaine for U-Haul mounting a moped? Um, <laughs> I think it's going to go um, to Brittany. Okay. It's going to go to Brittany for sure. Okay. Uh, just like pure confirmation of alien sure. heritage in her dialogue this week, which, man, I just... I feel it makes me feel good to be right. Sure. Um, and uh, I mean, Santana definitely gets an honorable mention of, as well. You know, I got to split my star okay. between them, of course, because it it was the Britannia proposal. They're yeah. engaged. Yeah. Unfianced. Yeah. So, OK, then mine was going to be split between. Well, yeah, mine is split between Santana and Brittany. I was going to switch to be just Santana if you were going to give yours to just Brittany. But we'll just both give them halves. Perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, in addition to the things you said, also Santana just like reaming into Kurt is like the best scene of the episode. Because it's so. so fucking warranted. Yeah. And, and also like, true. Those are the times that the callbacks are actually good. Yes. Um, when it's Santana being like, you're a piece of shit um, because. Your relationship apart because you are intolerable you are a terrible person you're intoler- intolerable and blaine got tired of it and you so, ruined my proposal so fuck off so fuck you yeah um yeah it was amazing uh let's do the best song so sure. so we start with the curtain blaine duet for it's too late and then we have the santana and Brittany one hand in my pocket slash i feel the earth move and then we have the uh, Jane and Mason duet, Will You Love Me Tomorrow, slash Head Over Feet. And then we have the weird snippet of So Far Away. And then we have the Glee alumni doing You Learn, slash You've Got a Friend. So five numbers about in this episode. Yeah. Damn, dude. I don't think any of them are very good. You still have to pick one, though. To it's be not, honest. It's not. It's not which number is amazing it's what's the best number of the episode 
okay, so I like the visuals of It's Too Late. Sure. The the Kurt fantasy. Yeah. I like the story and context around that, too. Sure. Um, but I'm also torn because uh, I do like the Britannia mashup. Sure. Um, except, like, the actual mashup is it, of it is clunky. I just like Britannia, and I like their voices. So... I think I got to go with It's Too Late. Okay. It's a, it's one of the best cold opens we've had in a little while. Sure. So. Also, immediately right at the top of the. Yeah. Got to yeah. love when there's a song right at the top of the episode. It makes it feel so much more fucking smooth going down. Bam. Yeah. So, I, I picked the Britannia number, though. Perfect. <laughs> one hand in my pocket slash I feel the earth move. Cool. Yep. Okay. Well, so, let's do ra- ratings for the episode. Um, Sam, how many slushies? You go first. Oh, you're right. I'm going to give it four. Okay. I'm just feeling fucking pissed off. Like, none of the music was very good. And, like, sure. Kurt and Rachel just, like, congratulating each other is fucking stupid. And <laughs> um, I guess, like, the clean plot line is the really really the only thing I'm paying attention to from now on. Unless we do get to see Britannia get married. I will pay attention to that, of fucking course. But they're probably going to be leaving sure. within the next few episodes, I imagine. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean... It's got to be four. Yeah, I'm going to give it two and a half. Um, I like the message that we get about how trans people are people. Yeah. And downed people are people too like every everyone is people let's all respect that yeah be cool um and then also i mean the way we get to both of those is a little um ham-fisted and winding roadie that i don't like but uh i also love britanna and there's a lot of britanna in this episode yeah so i'm i can't give it more than two and a half just because i really do appreciate all the good parts i'm pissed off that the that the Britannia proposal is interrupted by oh, Kurt's yes. poison. Yes. Um, that pissed me off. That's why that's like a whole slushy yes, right there. But, but then it led to Santana's amazing the takedown. But still, I and wanted it to be a beautiful moment. Yeah. They've given Kurt and, and Blaine so many moments already. You know, you, do you remember when they fucking cosplayed in, in Kurt's fantasy, the um, come what may like, um what's that what's the movie moulin rouge like they oh, do the yes. whole moulin rouge like yeah. rooftop scene yeah. and it's just like can Britannia have a fucking moment without you poisoning it oh god damn it well, i mean you're right that the they, show is literally written by gay men yeah so. they don't give a shit <laughs> i care yeah um but yeah and i i think you're i mean i'm not I'm, I'm, I think you're right in giving it four. I just can't give it more than two and a half just because I love the moments in this episode. They're very yeah, good, I so. mean, there are so many moments that are terrible, though. Think about that. And with that, yes, we have to look forward to the yes. future. Yeah. Episode four. Right. But before we get there, we... It, if, if you want to start a fucking flame war... Yeah, about ironic. About ironic. We're on Twitter, at SNMA Glee. I will respond to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a promise um we also have an unless email. i don't want to <laughs> and then we have an email snmaglee at gmail.com for longer form thoughts we also have a patreon uh patreon.com slash um and yeah and we push most of the donations from there to donating ourselves we're donating to the trans law center this episode did have a little more little more there wasn't expecting it glee did surprise me a little bit yeah they did maybe a good thing um they didn't actually say the word transgender but they did say transitioning so we're fucking getting there folks and gender dysphoria i mean that's gender dysphoria they said that too that's what the um you know 
the letter from the psychologist said. Yep. So. Um. So anyway, it doesn't matter. We'll be back next week. We do have a few more episodes in this season to get through. Yeah. So next week we're coming back with season six, episode four, The Hurt Locker, part one. Mm. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. It does not sound great. But we'll be back for that. Um, but until then, I've been Sam and I've been Maggie, and we hate Glee from the top. Okay, say something. Testing. There we go. That was disgusting. Was that that recorded? Yes, and it's huge. Oh, God. Please save it for me to turn it into a text tone. Okay. It was amazing. It's because I scarfed like seven chicken nuggets right before we started recording. Yeah, you seem really proud of yourself. Um, well, some I had to eat dinner, and I kept forgetting, and I started eating a pomegranate as a snack, and that turned into like a whole activity. So, yeah. well, you here know, I that's am. Food. <laughs>